0: back to throw Fitzpatrick throwing high into the air Got it. Parker touchdown what a win for this Miami Dolphin team wow what is up Dolph fans and welcome to the drive time podcast part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each And every day. How is it going, everybody? Good to be back. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's a busy one. We've got a hodgepodge of Dolphins news, NFL news, my trek across the country, the return of Major League Baseball, a major trade in the AFC East, a trade for your Miami Dolphins. And we kick off the training camp preview series by taking a look at the tight ends. Strap in. As we have got a busy one for you here on this Monday, July the 27th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Our first official Drive Time Podcast from South Florida. That's right, the Wingfields have taken our collective talents to South Beach, and we are. Are here. Well, not quite in South Beach. We are staying in Hollywood before our move to Miramar next week. And I was a little bit terrified for that flight, a six-hour flight with my two-month-old daughter, but she was an absolute trooper. Uh, well, she slept the entire time, so at least she did us that favor. And if there's one, like one single shot, upshot of all of this. It's that flying is exponentially better just because I don't pack the plane full of passengers. We had our own row, which was very, very nice for a six-hour flight, and we are really enjoying ourselves down here so far. We've enjoyed the weather. We've gotten to go for nice little family walks together in the morning, scoping out all the crazy wildlife. Saw some iguanas, an alligator at one point. I've been forewarned about snakes, which are positively my greatest material fear in all of life. Uh, Well, second to maybe the dentist like a 12-year-old, but those are my fears. My wife's fear down here is those gators. And we saw one on the side of the road off of Sheridan the other day, which prompted her to go do some research on the likelihood of gator attacks. And she essentially prepared what was... What amounted to a PowerPoint presentation to give me all the facts about gators and attacks from alligators? Like the chances of being attacked are 1 in 2.4 million. Did you know that? Well, now you do. And also how gators can outrun their prey, including humans, in a 20-foot sprint. So she's got those facts dialed in. I'll avoid the snakes. She'll take care of the gator information. The wingfields are ready for South Florida. Now, back to the flight. How great was it to see baseball back on our televisions and laptop screens? Oh, live sports, how I have missed you so, so very much nice to have sports on the social media timelines compared to bickering and fighting and division. The Mariners are back. They went 1-2 and two over the weekend. I was kind of hoping for 0-3 because we're going to be dreadful this year. We can't get anybody out with that bullpen or starting rotation. And I do think they are rebuilding this thing the right way in Seattle for what seems like the first time in two decades. I kind of want my Bryce Harper or my Carlos Correa so I kind of want to lose a bunch of games. And the guy I'm positively stoked about is outfielder Kyle Lewis. Couple of homers in the opening series, game winning single in the one victory over the Astros. He can use all fields with power. He can play all three outfield spots. And it's just so refreshing to have a young slugger that can handle the bat the way he does. For the Mariners, it's always been false hope with guys in their late 20s or maybe even their 30s with like a one month surge of production from a guy like a De Ho Lee, for instance, who could never hit a curveball, but because Guys were throwing him fastballs, and he produced early. Fans got excited, but then the Pedro Serrano curse came to life, like in month number two. The guys that you just know are not going to sustain that level of initial success. That is not Kyle Lewis, and I am here for it. But how about that season opening game? I had a terrible stream on the airplane, but I was so grateful to see it that I just didn't care that much and that Yankees Nationals opener had the best regular season Major League Baseball ratings for a game, a regular season game, since 2011. And I think you can probably project similar results to the other sports leagues starting back up here soon, especially as we get close to the start of America's second most popular sport in basketball. And then of course the king in the NFL. And with that, let's go ahead and talk about some news. The Dolphins have been active the last few days, trimming the roster down to 83 players. The Dolphins released Jake Rudock, the quarterback, receiver Ricardo Lewis, and undrafted defensive lineman Ray Lima, who actually was reported that he decided to retire his football career before it began, and edges Avery Moss and Trent Harris. Now, Rudock, Lima, and Lewis never played a regular season down for the Dolphins. While Harris and Moss last year combined for more than 600 snaps on that defense. And this goes back to the theory of always churning the bottom of the roster. There was a great segment on my favorite podcast, once again, as it seems we reference this podcast once a week here on Drive Time the Move the Sticks podcast and how Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks had this idea about taking advantage of the 16-man proposed practice squad idea this year and churning over that part of the roster so you can bring in new guys to get a look at some fresh bodies and try some guys out for some in-house workouts over the course of the season. And I think back to the Seattle Seahawks more than anybody else, more on them here in just one minute. But when they first hired Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they were doing that. They led the league in transactions that first year. The Dolphins led the league in transactions last year. And these coaches, these Dolphins coaches, they had a full year's look at these guys. And I trust that they know what types of players they are, what types of players they want. And maybe you want to get a better look at guys you just have not seen yet. Maybe in a year with OTAs, your opinion can be swayed by what you saw in April and May and June. But I do recall Brian Flores' last training camp with some of his media availability talking about how for the most part, you know what types of players you have in your building because you've done the legwork, the pre-work on those guys in the scouting process before you bring them in. But this all just makes sense to get a look at people that you brought in, like a guy you might want to see that hasn't been on the field in a Miami Dolphins uniform, like just, for instance, at that same position, undrafted free agent Tyson Render. What can he do, for instance? We know Brian Flores is going to be active in his own research and checking out players that he can bring in to improve this roster, and I just look at this as another step, another stepping stone in taking care of that process and going forward with that mindset. And so we have training camp slated to begin tomorrow on the 28th with some significant revisions to the usual schedule. I'll go ahead and wait until we have a concrete outline before we dive into that. But for now, one last bit of NFL news before we dive into the Adam Shaheen trade and the camp preview for his position, the tight ends. Jamal Adams, Jets safety, 2017 number six overall pick is now out of the division. They send the all pro safety to Seattle. The Jets get back a pair of first-round draft picks, a third-round draft pick, and Bradley McDougal, the Seahawks' former safety, and the Seahawks get the All-Pro safety and a fourth-round draft pick. Now, that is some really nice draft compensation there for the Jets. You can't argue with getting two first-round picks. That's the cost of business for some of the big-time players in this league, Jalen Ramsey, Laramie Tunzel. We saw it with Khalil Mack going to the Chicago Bears. So the Jets do well to get that maximum trade Compensation back in their direction, but who can say they're not glad that that dude is out of the AFC East, out of the conference altogether. He's an absolute monster and a perfect fit for that Seattle defense. We talked about this on the Know the Enemy podcast and the article up on MiamiDolphins.com taking a look at the Seattle Seahawks, how Seattle built up that defense around Pete Carroll's scheme, Pete Carroll's idea of what defense looks like and that cover three coverage scheme on the back end. And one of the key roles during those four consecutive seasons they had as the NFL's top ranked defense was Cam Chancellor playing in that buzz slash force role. And if you want to think about what that might mean, it's a little bit of a Rashad Jones role from his peak. What was it? 2012 through 2016 in that range for your Miami Dolphins. Recall that pick six against the Titans in 2015. I think it was the first Dan Campbell game. That's what a buzz looks like. You can basically make your read from that position playing a quasi linebacker role. You come down, pick off the back side crossing route maybe you step in front of a front side stick route right in front of you and you can also act as the force run defender plenty of c-gap penetration there as we saw Rashad do for so many years playing outside the tackle and run support and man Jamal Adams is the very best in the business at just that I think he and Derwin James for my money are step for step in terms of which guy is the best safety in the NFL I think Derwin James gives you a little bit more pass rush and that type of thing but those guys can both make an argument for best box safety in the NFL. And he gives the Seahawks a major shot in the arm that way. So instinctive, so active, and always around the football. A great get for Seattle. I'm glad that he's gone. And how funny is it that literally the last podcast we did here on drive time. I told you guys I grew up with the mentality ingrained in me to root against the Seattle Seahawks. Well, that's going to have to go out the window now because Seattle should be all of our collective second favorite team this year, as well as 2021, so as to knock those draft picks down the first round a little bit down the rung into the late 20s, hopefully for division rival New York at the bottom of that first round. Now... Another trade here in the news, and this one is even closer to the Miami Dolphins. It is the Miami Dolphins, as it has been reported that a conditional seventh-round draft pick is going to be sent to the Chicago Bears, and we'll get you updated on a future podcast just as soon as we know the conditions for former 2017 second-round draft pick Adam Shaheen out of Ashland University, the tight end formerly of the Chicago Bears, And with Shaheen, let's go ahead and make yet another Move the Sticks reference. They did a podcast back in like 2016, I think it was, where they talked to Chris Greer, Dolphins general manager, and he described some prototypes the Dolphins like in terms of what players they look for for their scouting staff and players they want to bring in. And Chris Greer has a specific prototype that he prefers. But he also mentioned that you can also expand your beliefs and your prototypes to accommodate certain players. So Chris Greer is both flexible that way, but also knows what kind of player he wants to bring to the Miami Dolphins. And we've seen the Dolphins stay true to that, especially since Brian Flores arrived with the size slash athleticism combination players. For instance, you even go back to last year with some of those acquisitions from the AAF, like Jared Jones-Smith was a guy who was just an absolute mammoth of a human being with an impressive wingspan, good movement skills. And you know what? Maybe it doesn't always work out, but that's how this entire process, this entire sport works, right? You all have a certain amount of resources allocated. You weigh risk versus reward. You pick your spots and you hope the coaching staff can get the most out of a player's potential talent. And with Shaheem, that's exactly what you've got here in Miami. His passing game production in Chicago, I'm sure isn't what he or the Bears had expected through the first three years. 26 catches, four touchdowns, 249 yards. He's missed some time during his three years there, and it's contributed to some mixed usage in terms of where he lines up, what he's asked to do, so on and so forth. And now he'll get... A fresh start with your Miami Dolphins and that's where we kick off the 2020 Miami Dolphins training camp preview here as we are just one day away from the team reporting to training camp of course the schedule different this year we'll talk about that on a future podcast let's go ahead and start here with the tight ends and first before we do that my goodness I love doing these diving into the Dolphins roster in depth getting a good look at what each player offers what the upside is there taking the overall temperature of the room And that's what we'll do here in general for the tight ends. George Godsey is your position coach there. And you look at the construction of the tight end room and you basically have what amounts to a bunch of guys that can really possibly complement Mike Gesicki, who really came on strong last year in year number two as a professional. The builds and the makeup of these players that are trying to compete for playing time at tight end, they seem to really complement Mike Gesicki and his ability to make you flexible from multiple personnel packages. And when I talk about that, I'm looking at like, for instance, 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three receivers. But because Mike Kosicki is so flexible and can play slot, he can split out wide, he can play in the backfield, he can line up in line, you can basically have a substitution package without substituting on the play, which forces the defense to stay in the same formation they are in. And then you're able to adjust your formation. Maybe you go tempo and the defense can't change theirs because you didn't make any substitutions and they won't have time to make theirs either. And so we'll see how Chan Gailey wants to call it. He's used conversion players at tight end before, like Quincy and Inunua, for instance, with the Jets as his tight end. He's gone without tight ends altogether for the most part in some spread offense is and I think that's the most intriguing part about this team this year for me. What does this offense look like? What does it want to be from an identity standpoint? I have my thoughts and my ideas. I certainly think this team could be dangerous in the RPO game, for instance, which requires quick decision-making at the quarterback spot, quick processing, replacing the blitzer, blitzing defenders with the football. It's basically the football equivalent of you got to hit it where they ain't. So that tight end spot is the source of some real flexibility in an offense and a team that wants to be flexible, and that serves as a great segue into the type of player that new Dolphins tight end Adam Shaheen is at that position. And I do think Shaheen could serve as a compliment to Mike Kosicki because he can do some things as an inline blocker and kind of toughen you up inside that way. But he also features a lot of athletic ability and also downfield receiving ability run after the catch. He kind of has the entire package, just has to find a way to put it all together as he gets here to Miami. And we go over to the RAS, the Relative Athletic Scorecard. I always love to start there when taking a look at a new Miami Dolphins player. This is courtesy of Kent Platt. He's done these things dating back to 1987. I don't think he did it back then, but he went that far back and tracked every single player at the Combine since 1987 and groups them into these rankings, taking a total scorecard from their height, their weight, their speed, their vertical jump, their broad jump, everything you do at the Combine, he collects it into one score. And Shaheen ranked 90th among the 463 tight ends that he measured on the RAS since 1987. This guy's a small school product from Ash. University and he really emerged onto the scene during the run up to the 2017 draft with that combine workout. Scouts noted his movement ability paired with a six foot six frame, 278 pounds. He caught scouts' eyes in Indianapolis, like for instance, NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah, his third reference of this podcast, who compared Shaheen's movement and run after the catch ability to Kansas City's Travis Kelsey. He even called him Baby Gronk at one point. So, Jeremiah loved him. Some Adam Shaheen coming out of the draft. He also noted the rarity of Shaheen's size-speed combination on his draft report. He also mentioned Shaheen's movement ability has a similar vibe to that of a wide receiver at 277 pounds, no less, and Shaheen's college career began, of course, on the hardwood, which makes sense for how he moves so well. He was a basketball player at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. He transferred to Ashland in 2014 and walked onto the football team there. At Ashland, Shaheen caught 129 passes for 1,755 yards and 26 touchdowns, a good touchdown percentage there in terms of catches per touchdown. NFL.com's Lance Zerline echoed Jeremiah's thoughts in his pre-draft report on Shaheen saying quote he's big, he's fast, and he's tough after the catch. Who doesn't want that? When you watch him dominate his level of competition it's easy to get excited about the potential result if that size and athleticism translates to the next level end quote. And since that time Shaheen has dropped some weight he checked in last year on the Chicago Bears official website in 2019 at 257 pounds so down about 20 pounds and there was a Story up on cbsports.com last summer that Shaheen dropped the weight to improve his flexibility and core strength. Now, you know on this podcast, we love getting into the analytics, the nitty-gritty, the metrics, and I love talking about player usage and how this all kind of formulates together with the Dolphins' tight end room. Mike Gesicki came on strong in his second year last year with the Dolphins. He led Miami in snaps played with 701 offensive snaps. That was 65% of the offensive snaps. Durham Smythe was second with 482 snaps. That's 44.7, while former Dolphins Nick O'Leary and Clive Walford both played less than than 150 snaps on the year, but playing in eight games for the Bears last year... Shaheen played 174 offensive snaps, and according to Pro Football Focus, he was in line, which means attached to the line of scrimmage outside either tackle. For 110 of those 174 snaps, he was out wide as a receiver, 31 snaps, and in the slot as a receiver for 27 of those snaps. He was also considered an offensive lineman for four snaps and in the backfield for two Bears plays last year. He was praised for his ability in college to latch on as a blocker and displace defensively Defenders in the run game. They're at Ashland. One of the primary functions of an inline tight end is playing that head up football, blocking down in the running game. And in 2019, Shaheen was in line for 65.5% of his snaps, which of course compares to Mike Gesicki being in line for 22.7% of his snaps and Durham Smith a lot closer, actually even more than Shaheen with 78.5% of his snaps in line in 2019. So it tells you about the players the Dolphins have in terms of where they're lined up where they might be used this season and beyond. And tight ends are typically prominent fixtures on special teams as well, especially guys that make up the second and third tight end spots on the roster. And Shaheen offers that for the Dolphins as well. During his 2017 rookie campaign, Shaheen played a career-high 388 snaps, including 149 as a special teamer. He joins Gesicki Smythe free agent signing Michael Roberts, practice squad member from last year, Chris Myrick, and of course, undrafted rookie this year, Bryce Stirk, and we'll go ahead and turn now and break down the rest of these Dolphins tight ends Adam Shaheen joining them in the tight end room this year we start with a fellow prominent inline blocking tight end in Durham Smythe who has two years of service this is his third now in Miami jersey number 81 went to Notre Dame he's going to be 25.0 on opening day and he has two years left on that rookie deal and going off of his 2019 utilization there is very little mystery about the type of player the Dolphins believe Smythe to be Again, on the field for 44% of the Dolphins' plays, 78.5 of those in-line reps. And he was near that 4.8 time. Shaheen ran a 4.79. Smythe ran a 4.8, 140 time. And he really excelled in college in Notre Dame's run-heavy system. He was a beast on tape blocking guys and moving them off the football. He's also sprung some pretty big runs here for the Miami Dolphins. You go back to the 2018 game against the Patriots. I recall this like it was yesterday. He sprung a huge hole on that Brandon Bolden long touchdown run in that game he too was regularly called upon as a pass catcher in college he had just 28 catches in his four years there and his professional development or deployment rather has been similar 13 catches in two years but he surrendered just five quarterback pressures on 132 pass blocking reps over his two year span his run blocking grade last year improved by more than 11 points on pro football focus from his rookie year to year number two and if anyone's going to beat Smythe for number two tight end duties as he was last year They're gonna have to prove their worth on special teams. Smythe was second on the Dolphins last year in special teams tackles for Danny Crossman's unit. He played 473 snaps as a special teamer since his 2018 rookie season. And here's a good quote from George Godsey, Dolphins tight ends coach, who praised Smythe's improvement on the field, in the weight room, and excelling in the role that was asked of him. This from a December third media availability from Godsey. Quote: This year, Smythe put on, I'd say, 20 pounds from the end of last year. So that's helped him. He's understanding the offense. He does a great job with his details and knowing the assignments. There haven't been many missed assignments. That gives him a start. And then for as far as executing at the point of attack, a lot of times the runs are directed at him. So it's either point of attack blocks, sometimes pulling, sometimes cutting off the backside. He's had multiple assignments and he's performed well throughout the year. End quote. And that kind of goes back to this idea about how much of a role tight ends have on the offense. They really have to learn the most of the offense aside from the quarterback because they have to stay in and block. They have to learn pass protection assignments. They have to stay in for run blocking. They have to be able to flex out and run routes as a receiver. So the fact that Smythe and Gesicki are both growing and getting better in year two and in year three, that's a positive sign for those guys because tight end, as everyone knows, is a tough, tough position to come in and learn right away in year number one. So year number three for Smythe and Gesicki should get some more improvement based upon those past two years. Another guy I like in this room is Chris Myrick. First year of service last year. This is going to be his second year with the Dolphins. He wears jersey number 85. He went to Temple, Temple Tough Kid, opening day age of 24.9 years old, and he has two years left on that undrafted rookie deal. He really embodies what the Owls football program was there at Temple, Toughness, we know Brian Flores loves that word, and his collegiate production came primarily like Durham Smythe as an inline blocker. He averaged 1.1 catches per game in college, but he earned a spot on the 2019 practice squad. Due in large part to some work in the running game, but he also emerged as a pass catcher with a very strong camp and made some big-time plays as a member of the third-team offense during training camp and showing his worth uprooting defenders off the edge of the formation in the running game as well. He goes six foot five, 250 pounds, and his work in practice last summer really translated into game-day production during the preseason. He caught all eight of his exhibition targets, went for 102 yards on those eight catches, and moved the change Six times on those eight catches. He concluded the preseason with strong marks across the board and pro football focus, grading system. He posted an overall 89.6 offensive grade that actually led all Dolphins offensive players last year in the preseason. George Godsey had this to say about Myrick's attitude and work habits during last year's training camp. Quote, he took advantage of his reps. He did well in the run phase, did well in the passing phase, as you saw in that last game, referring to the six catch game he had in the fourth preseason season game. I like the way his attitude is. He comes into work, doesn't say much as pretty much most of the rookies shouldn't say a lot. He learns from the veterans and then goes out there and gives it the best he can. He's a great effort player too. When you combine all of that together, that's really where we made the most, where he made the most of his opportunity. End quote. And like Smythe and like Shaheen Myrick, right there with a 4.81 40 yard yard dash time at Temple's Pro Day in 2019. He put up 23 bench reps and had a 32 and a half inch vertical. Up next here, going in order of jersey number for the Miami Dolphins tight end room, undrafted rookie this year, Bryce Sterk. You'll see him at number 87 out there. Montana State product, he is 23 years old on opening day. He's got three years left on that contract. Miami's lone rookie in this tight end room is going to attempt to convert from the defensive side of the ball to the tight end position as a pro. He's a former high school tight end. Stirk's college career began at the University of Washington and ended with All-American production at Montana State. He was 6th in FCS last year in sacks and 1st, and tackles for loss. In fact, he made 37 tackles for loss in a two-year span there with the Bobcats. Hard work is a staple of Brian Flores' Dolphins roster, and that's exactly where Stirk will have to shine to successfully make the transition back to the offense. He has a great story up on the Bozeman Daily Chronicle where he detailed his workouts and preparation for his pro day and how much work he put in to getting ready to play either side of the ball this run up to the draft. And up next, in order of jersey number, we go to Mike Gasicki, who broke out last year in a big way down the stretch. He's got two years in the NFL, entering his third with the Miami Dolphins. You know what number he wears, number 88. Penn State product, 24.9 years old on opening day. He's got two years left. On that rookie contract, and again, I think few players shine brighter on this roster last year than Mike Gesicki. During that five and four finish to the season, a former college volleyball player who specializes in out leaping and out rebounding opponents, became a true red zone threat down the stretch and an explosive playmaker in this Miami passing offense. He tied for seventh in touchdowns with five and twelfth in receiving yards with 570 yards among tight ends last year in the NFL. And as things started to change i change. For this 2019 Dolphins team, the same was true of Gasicki from that week six game against Washington to the finale in New England, week seventeen, Gasicki was fourth among tight ends in touchdowns and tenth in receiving yards. And Dolphins tight ends coach George Godzi highlighted some improvements that Gasicki made from his rookie year up to year number two on that same December the third media availability last year, talking about Durham Smythe, but he had this to say about Gasicki quote at fur any first year player is going to go through some bumps the first year just showing him the tape that we could get better at releases we could get better at route stems we could get better at the top of the route we can communicate better with our teammates the quarterback specifically we can catch the ball More before and after practice to his credit he's accepted all of that he's worked hard he's taken countless reps and practice to improve his traits I'm happy he's able to go out there and perform end quote and Gasicki's usage and production are that of a souped up wide receiver of those 701 snaps he played last year 461 came inside from the slot 78 flexed out wide as a perimeter player and he was fourth among all tight ends in the NFL in slot yardage production with 382 yards from that position, and third in touchdowns, according to Pro Football Focus, with three touchdowns from the slot. And of course, no touchdown was bigger than Gasicki's game winner in that Week 17 victory over the rival Patriots. His dual functionality—we talked about this—really perpetuates Miami's preference to play fast and feature an offense that has multiple looks on the offense. This guy is a physical marvel, six foot six, an absolute weapon with a 41 and a half inch vertical and a 4.5440 time, just blowing the doors off the combine back in 2018. He allows Miami again to seamlessly transition from a. Variety of personnel groupings on offense finally one quick change to the roster here as we are going to go over the final tight end on the roster but it has been announced on Monday afternoon the Dolphins have cut tight end Michael Roberts so they'll go forward into camp with Shaheen on the roster now and Michael Roberts now has been cut from the Dolphins roster bringing the roster total down to 82 players on this Monday edition July 27th of the drive time podcast The Dolphins have a new looking tight end room to go along with Gasicki and Smythe this year. Some new additions there to hopefully get even more production out of the tight end position with Sterk, Shaheen, Gasicki, Myrick, and of course, Durham Smythe as we'll get a look at all of these players and all of the Miami Dolphins players in training camp coming up next month in the month of August. Football is almost back. It's almost here. And we're going to get you guys prepped for training camp here on the Drive Time Podcast, taking a look, a deep dive at each position on this Miami Dolphins roster. Before I get out of here today, I want to make a few quick takes, a few quick notes on a very, very popular comedy show here in America. I've been watching The Office a lot, been playing it on Comedy Central almost every single day. I have a few takes here I want to run by you guys. First, the best episode is The Coup. The Crentis, the dentist scene between Dwight and Michael when Dwight tries to go behind Michael's back and take his job from Jam. And then Michael finds out about it and tries to play coy and gives Dwight the M&Ms and then checks his mouth for that crown. Absolutely hilarious. And I think Rain Wilson's an underrated actor. He does so good in that show of playing that character. It's a perfect character for that actor. Speaking of a perfect character... I don't think he's a perfect character, but I think that's why I like him so much. Ryan is my favorite character. Is that weird of me? Does that make me crazy? That's just how I feel. I think season three is the best season on The Office, and a runner-up for best scene is when Ryan and Stanley go on the sales call together, and Ryan asks Stanley to take the lead. Stanley kindly obliges, and then they get to The Office, and Ryan goes blank trying to sell the pitch to all of Stanley's friends, and Stanley cannot quit laughing about the hilarity of the entire situation. Tell me how bad my Office takes are. I know a lot of folks will not agree with those office takes. And one quick apology here for some maybe shaky sound quality. I don't have the best setup yet in the Airbnb we are in, but hopefully we get that all ironed out here very soon. In the meantime, you all please remember to subscribe to the Drive Time Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible Podcast. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.